Oh, what a day. What a heck of a day to have Dennis Bengino on from street cop training. I've seen it on the Twitter. I've seen it on the TikToks. You guys have all been messaging me about it. Listen, we've all had those days. Unless you're a cubicle nerd, we've all been in a situation where somebody does something. And here's my word. All so audacious that you're just like, what? What? We've all been there. We've all been there. And so when you see this in action, I don't know that that's so much of an escalation as it is just a normal response to something that's just that ridiculous. We got a lot of things going on here today on the Failure to Stop Breakdown. Here we go. Let's do it. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. We know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. What? What? You're going to blow my doors off at 110 miles an hour? Not today. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Definitely not in Georgia. There's a lot of places that you could do that kind of things. I'm not sure that Georgia's one. I when I go when I cross the South Carolina Georgia border, I drop my speed limit down like 25 miles an hour. Like whatever I'm doing, I go 25 miles an hour slower because you know those Georgia peaches are out there, baby. As soon as you cross the border, they're lined up, they're stacked, they're ready to go, and they all look good. They're all fit. They're all in shape. Have you seen the video? What was it, a couple of months ago, Drew, where the guy like jumps onto the car and drags the dude out of the car? <laughs> I mean, it's epic. That's Georgia PD. If I'm blowing somebody's doors off at 110 miles an hour to be an asshole, I'm not doing it in Georgia. Uh, and that's just, you know, listen, it's it's F around and find out at its best. We're going to break it all down. First of all, we've got uh, Dennis Bengino. Is it I say ben- that right, Dennis? Benino, Benino. Benino. God dang it, Eric. <laughs> Good morning. Dennis. Drew, thank you for rescuing my last name. <laughs> well, you know what? I, do you guys ever watch Bongino? What's his name? Dan John Bongino. Bon- Look, Tom Bongino. I, I, I'm sure he's confused with Dan Bongino all the time, but I, I'm, uh, I, I want to put some respect on that name, Eric. On Don's? Benino. Oh, Benino. Benino. Oh, Benino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, he's a handsome Bongino guy. Street cop training. You guys all know who this guy is. He's all over the social media webs. He's got a podcast going on. Listen, we got a podcast meetup in Jayville, Florida next week, Thursday at Island Gars, uh, Island Girl Cigar Bar, Pana Vidra Beach. It's first responder night. Uh, looks like we're probably going to have well over 150 folks come into this thing already. It's getting crazy. We can fit more. Come on. Uh, I will be there. Well, let's just say this whole thing will kick off at about one o'clock in the afternoon. We'll go to about 530 or six over at the uh, Island Girl Cigar Bar, Ponte Vedra Beach. And then we will all be car shuttling over to University of North Florida. Well, we have a first responder private meetup with Ken Shamrock. Can you smell what the Shamrock is cooking? <laughs> Kenny from <laughs> the block, the right Ken Shamrock meetup just for the first responders. He's going to do a meet and greet with us, shake some hands, kiss some babies, uh, do all the things. And then uh, Friday, uh, we will be doing the same thing at Island Girl Cigar Bar, probably kicking off about one o'clock in the afternoon till about five. And then we'll be shuttling over to the actual fight. So get your tickets to the Valor Bare Knuckle Fight and meet us up in uh, Ponte Vedra Beach, which is in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, for the big meetup. Uh, Conservative Ants will be there. Anti-Hero Podcast, getting a grip on things. Drew Breezy, everybody's going to be there. Uh, so come and hang out with us. Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. An officer privacy 
Com. And boy, I hope this guy in Georgia, I hope this cop in Georgia that's all over the interwebs, I hope he's got officer privacy. I hope the CAG operators, the Navy SEALs in Israel have officerprivacy.com because they got ousted this week, which I thought was, uh, you know, I don't listen. They're going to write a book anyway. Who cares? But it is kind of embarrassing. Um, officerprivacy.com. Get that name and address. Scrub from the interwebs. It doesn't mean that they're going to, you're not going to be able to be an influencer. You're not going to be able to write your book when you're done with your career. But what it's going to do is hide that address and uh, so that when something like this in Georgia kicks off, people aren't banging on your door. The media is not banging on your door uh, trying to find you and protest about you. Officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. Let's dive into today. Listen, uh, well, Drew, listen, you got this. You got you got Dennis on here. You bring him in. Look, d- street cop training is the training that cops deserve. They are creating confident police officers nationwide. There's 70 courses, over 40 instructors. And uh, if you can't tell I'm reading, I'm reading. We we got the guy who founded it and the guy that's running it sitting right in the middle of us. It's a Dennis Benino sandwich. Uh, Dennis, why don't you give us a rundown of what, what the state of police training is? We definitely want to delve like later into the uh, – into the most uh, prolific story that's going on in the news today apparently. But uh, what's going on, Dennis? I appreciate you guys having me here. I feel honored. Oh, thanks for having me. And and dude, like I got to be honest with you, the the mullet's fantastic. Thank you. I can see it. It's so profound that you don't even have to turn around. It's it's and you know I I, I just so you guys know I'm I got a little bit of a mohawk going. Oh, I like I, that. I brought it back at forty two. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like yeah. that a lot. That's tough. That's like very Chuck Liddellish. You know what I mean? Twenty twenty three Chuck Liddell. You know what I mean? So like I'm I'm a fit looking dude. I think it's appropriate yeah. for um for for my look. It takes at least a year off of you. You know what I'm saying? People yeah, would guess you're 41. Uh, Dennis, when I was on your podcast, when I was on Street Cop Podcast, is it Street Cop Training Podcast or Street Cop Podcast? But at any rate, if you'll remember it right, I had just freshly cut my own hair. And uh, I had probably America's worst haircut at that point. And I told you that my father, God rest his soul, told me the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut is about two fucking weeks. Now, I want you to rate what I got going on here. I mean, I'm, I'm aging. I get it. And you, you, know, you said I was 70 on your podcast. You misidentified that. I'm only 61. <laughs> uh, please t- tell me, how is the hair look now? It's not Jersey. Better, yeah, yeah, better than last time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I feel like a couple of weeks ago, time. you look like a Mormon school child. You know, like from yeah, like one of those Mormon, family of 12. Child. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> right. the 10-year-olds cut everybody's hair. Like this, I thought his hair cut reflected more like he was lost in like an abandoned mine for like eleven days and finally got out <laughs> in the thirties. Like yeah. I had tra- time travel. Who's, who's getting lost in mines these days? That's what I'm oh, saying. Just him. Just Drew. Yeah, that's how bad it was. <laughs> that's how fucking. That's a, that's definitely how bad. Like, where, how do you even go there? Like what, he was exploring one day, uh, lost his way, but had rations to survive for three okay. or four weeks. Yeah. Right. The third party was out, but he realized it was all up to him to get himself out of there. Yeah, I was eating those stupid fucking protein puffs or whatever they are. (laughs) The bag of protein puffs. That was a huge flex, though. Like, I'm sitting here, like, I just crushed a German chocolate cake that was on sale from Aldi. And you sit down and you're like, I've got my um, testosterone fueled whey puffs. Uh, And you've got like a solid pump going right now, too. I, yeah, so you Wait. did push-ups before this. No, no, no. Hold on. I did work out before I got here today. I just had a call 
with a woman who did my like they did blood work a panel on me about like you know like all they just did a whole thing right and she's like you know she's like you look great but you're getting close to being pre-diabetic and i'm like are you fucking serious she's like yep she's like cut out the uh and then she was like you're you're you need better uh omega-3s and i'm like yo i got a bag of fucking nuts in here that say omega-3 on them that's got to work right no i used to literally that rapid yeah Probably, I used to do the street cop, uh, that little physical every year and the health assessment. And, um, yeah. you know, they, they always choose like the worst people to do those health assessments. They're all civilians and they're all like grossly overweight and they're all trying to tell you. But one of them told me that, um, th- I'm trying to figure out how to think how she worded it, but it was something like, uh, diabetes has a gun to your head and your finger is on the trigger. And I was I like, it. what? And she was like, you're almost like you're borderline diabetic and it's up to you. It's what you do now. And I'm like, yo, look at you. Like you've got to have like stage four diabetes or whatever it is. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, way, yeah. you have both feet. Like I, I love a nutritionist slash medical practitioner that kind of, you know, uses the metaphors of suicide at all times. <laughs> it was so great though. She was like, diabetes has a gun to your head and your fingers on its trigger. I was like, that's intense. Like, calm down. Do you think she sits up at night, like going through metaphors <laughs> made for medicine, you know, like medicinal purposes? Yeah. I, I don't think she, I, I, I'm pretty sure she's used that line more than once. Like, I don't think she came up with that one on the spot. Dang, I wasn't saying those in the mirror before she goes to work in the day. You're good. You know, yeah. Speaking of which, this is, is, is of, of being able to talk in front of people. Here's something I admire about Dennis, uh, and, and you'll identify with this, Eric, because you're very crass. Um, <clears throat> Dennis, do you have an opinion on uh, uh, instructors specifically who cuss or swear in front of uh, academy students and or you know continuing education in law enforcement? You know, I, I really do believe that there is no reason to curse in law enforcement ever. Those guys are completely unprofessional. <laughs> okay, I'm the fucking epitome of foul mouth, inappropriate comments. Uh, but you know, listen, we had this conversation yesterday. It's it's a it's a tool that you have to understand that even the best in the business outside of law enforcement, like if you ever go to a Tony Robbins con. Uh, conference, you'll pay three thousand dollars to walk on hot coals or ten thousand to learn basics about business. That dude curses more than anybody you'll ever meet in your life, but publicly it doesn't appear that way. And I think every time I went to an academy, because I went three of them, I specifically enjoyed the instructors who were more real when they came in and started firing out foul language. So it's encouraged here because it's an attention grabber. Uh, yeah, I, I like I if you ever um, are in the military and um, Delta Force guys, they come to recruit. Um, they'll usually stop by, you know, uh, when I was in special operations, they would, they came by and did a recruitment class. And what I thought was really cool about them. And I've only seen it one other time and it was in law enforcement, but they show up in the baddest ass of suits. Their hair is slicked back. I mean, dude, these guys look like, I mean, they're gangster. They look so good and they speak so articulate and so hard. There's no swearing. There's no cussing. Everything is like perfect. There's no uhs or ums or stutters. And they're like absolutely perfect. There's only one other instructor um, that I met like that in a police setting where, and he was a gang instructor, but he came in slick back hair, full suit and was perfect. Unless you can speak like that and perfect. That's the only time I can tolerate somebody not swearing. If you can't be perfect, then just let it all go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I think Dennis sums it up best. Like if you sit down to Christmas dinner at my family's table and you don't cuss, 
we're all going to think you're fucking weird. Oh man. I, I think it, it just brings a, a human element to the whole thing. And, and I'm telling you, like, it's hard not to cuss growing up in, in a law enforcement environment, first of all. That's your bread from the streets, right? And if you're real with the people that you're trying to connect with, that you're trying to teach or you're trying to – and you're not doing it just, you know, like uh, gratuitous fuck yous and, and, and whatever, it really kind of humanizes you. It brings them it, – it is the intention getter that you say, but it's also like – this guy's, you know, this gator's got some fucking scars on his back from uh, this manatee's got some scars on his back from the props of uh, of the propeller. He's been he's been in the lake for a little while, in other words. So if you get up there and try to be prim and proper and, you know, temper your or use fluffy words or whatever, no one's going to buy into your bullshit. Trust me. And and I'm just I'm I'm talking as uh, hey, I was just an academy instructor. Then I taught interviews and interrogations for about 10 years or whatever. And I'm talking to the other budding instructors. If you think that you're going to get by standing up there prim and proper and doing your like fucking clean, you know, Brian Regan set, it's not going to work because they don't believe you. And secondly, your job is to prepare them for the outside world. Now, if, if you're a Christian and you don't believe in using foul language and you can emote that professionally and all that, that's fine. Like I have no ill will towards that whatsoever. It's just not the reality of what these what these young men and women are about to face. So if your job is to prepare them for what they're about to face, uh, we don't want them shocked the first time we hear someone say, get the fuck out of my face. True or false? I don't know how we live in a society that I watch my six and eight-year-old and nine-year-old watch YouTube and they are sitting there and they're subjected to profanity, which is fine with me because I don't have a problem with it. And then we go to a professional law enforcement uh, you know, classroom where these men and women are not only over the age of 18, they've all had sex and they all are allowed to buy pornography and probably have seen plenty of it. And then on top of it, part of their profession is getting cursed at, screamed at, investigating rapes, homicides, significant uh, catastrophic incidents. Uh, but... We must remain professional because we're trying to make sure that these people are robots. None of it makes sense. And generally when it's criticized by somebody who has pretty much no affiliation with law enforcement at all, or if they're actually in it, they're probably the most hated guy or girl in the fucking building who want it <laughs> super clean because they're fucking losers. Right. Fucking kind nerds, actually. Yeah, they're nerds. Um, they're, they're, dude, like they're nerds. I mean, and he'll tell you, go to a police department. I mean, there's, there's there's typically two crews of people, the fucking cool kids and the dorks. Yep. Yeah. That, no, no doubt. Um, speaking of cool kids and the dorks, uh, this video that just came out, the biggest thing that I've been getting is uh, exactly that. The dorks are like, uh, he started this thing off too loud. He was, I'll, I'll say this. I'd love to get the street cop training in here uh, and you can talk to me. You know, I'd like to get your opinion on it, but I think the days of your authority as a police officer, the, the authority that you think you had 10 years ago is not there anymore. So brute strength, tone of voice, uh, even your confidence and your bravado isn't going to get you out of the situations that it would have gotten you out of 10 years ago. Now you have to have, in my opinion, an extra tool in your bag called empathy. And we got to like those days of get out of the car and put your hands on the car. That doesn't work anymore. Matter of fact, it can do just the opposite because we've had a, a, a societal breakdown, a breakdown in society of 
you know, because in school, teachers can't talk like that. You can't talk like that uh, in, in public, period. You know, uh, babysitters can't talk like that. Every, oh, the parents are constantly defending the kids. So now we're dealing with generations that have never been told no. And so when you're like, get out of the car and put your hands on the on the hood of the car, you now have a whole generation of people who want that exact escalation because they want to dance with you on that. Let, let me take it a step further, Eric. We have a whole generation that are now entering law enforcement that have been raised that way, one. And two, they're, they're raised non-confrontational. You think about it. When I was a shift commander on the midnight shift, it was um, it, it, like I it was very easy for me to set the example of what proactive policing was because I got out of my fucking car every once in a while. And and like they're just like in amazement that you can go talk to people face to face at two in the morning who are walking down the street in a white and black striped shirt with a sack on their fucking back. Like, how else are you going to determine who's committing crimes in your area if you don't stop and talk to people? I mean, and you know, I tell them all the time, look. You know, if, if it's the dishwasher leaving the outback at three in the morning on his bike, then send him on his fucking way. But ask who he is. You, you got a kind of duty to ask who he is and you can do it in a consensual way. You don't have to stop him every single time. They are used to texting one another. So if they could text these fucking bad guys and ask them, are you out committing crime? Question mark. You know, I, I think they would be more happy. I, I have a 13 uh, year old stepdaughter who I love and adore. She is in, she is paralyzed by fear. If we complain about, uh, you know, if you order a steak and they slap a piece of chicken on a plate and hand it to you, you're probably going to say, excuse me, I, I ordered the steak. She gets paralyzed by fear. And, and she's the measuring stick for me right now that that's the generation we're raising. Don't say anything. Okay. Okay. And you that's exactly right. I'm going to jump in here and say, that's the generation you're raising. So her behavior, who's responsible for it? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm in a precarious spot, but I, and I yes. wholeheartedly agree with you because yeah. I'm the stepfather. I'm not the father, father, but <clears throat> I have that talk all the time. Like, look, do not let people trample all over you. And you, you can be very subtly confrontational without being full on confrontational. Right. And, and, but it is bled into, or, or, you know, we go back maybe eight or 10 years. This is who's getting into law enforcement. Now, the same people that are meek, the same people that are willing to argue with you in the post comments on fucking street cop training, but they won't, if they see you, they piss their pants. If they see you, you know what I mean? It's, and I'm not, I'm not, look, I can't label an entire generation as that. That's not fair. But well, yeah, but my point with this is, is that, and this is where I want Dennis to weigh in on it here. My point here is that like, we've got a lot of cops that are doing, still doing the 10 years ago, tough guy, uh, you just yeah. blew my doors off at hundred, get out of the car. And now we're getting this just generation of, I don't want to get out of the car. Why do you know it's just speeding? Why are you talking to me? Like get out of the car. You can't talk to me that way. Get out of the car now and put your stop talking. Why are you doing this? And it's just like this repetitive cycle. Nobody's doing like Even the cops don't have the balls anymore. We're like we, we we're past those days where you just snatch them, throw them on the ground and put them in the cuffs. It's over. So with this video that we're about to show you, Dennis, the cop does that. I'm fine. But listen, that was 10 years ago. You could do that and get away with it. But now he finds himself into this, this repetitiveness that I'm talking about. And it's embarrassing. And even though the shoot is probably good and he's justified, well, I think he's completely hundred percent justified in this shoot. Um, but it looks foolish and it looks stupid because we've had this runaround that every cop seems to be getting into these days. Lack of training, lack of administrative support. 
those two things will be the essentially formula for what we're seeing. And I got to tell you, the only time you see that stuff is in certain areas. I can guarantee you, I could name 10 agencies that if you tried to play some shit like that with them, their administration has told them, we're not playing that shit here. So if those guys do it, we'll have your back. Now, on the other side of the, the coin, I would also argue that there has been almost no training in how to communicate. So while I was part of the generation of get out of the car, uh, I think I was one of the first at my agency to start blending the two of, if I don't have to get physical, I have enough emotional intelligence to make sure I can use my words and my language and my behavior and my attitude to get people to be much more cooperative than just going physical or screaming. So there's a balance. The only thing is you got to know that at some point talking is off, but it's rare that talking is off. Yeah. And so I'd rather see people learn how to communicate. And, and I hate to use this word deescalate because it's been associated with wokeness. Even our instructor who teaches this, Jeff Scholes, who was the top uh, negotiator for the New York State Police for 17 years, uh, hostage negotiator. He didn't want to call his class that. But we're trying to get people to understand what it is. And if you take his class, I've talked about this before. The first three videos, he shows you how the situations ended and the kind of communication the police had. And the next three videos he shows you are completely opposite and what the result was. So I think piece by piece and incident by incident, we have to analyze is like, we can be better as cops, no doubt about it. But people can also be better as human beings. But let me just remind you something. 24, 23, 22 years ago, whenever I started this thing, um, there were lazy fuck cops, just yep. so we're clear. Sure. Most of them were. So this is not a new thing. And yep. number two, people were assholes to us, right? Maybe the people say it's a lot more now. Well, if you work in Philly, sure, I fucking bet because they don't get away with it. You work at the NYPD, I bet because they know they get away with it. But I promise you, they're not in some of these counties and, and, and cities where it's known that they're not tolerating your shit. Because if, if you step out of line with them and you don't match at least the professionalism or you want to start to play, you know, play stupid games, you're going to find out. And, and, I, and I think that's a comfortable place to be. But those, those cops also need to respect the idea that they need to learn how to communicate as best as they can. And unfortunately, sometimes, and Jeff Scholl starts class like this. He's like, hey, we're going to try to talk to you. But if you charge me with a knife, we're shooting you in the head. <laughs> I think right, I that the, people underestimate the, and I always taught my rookies, uh, ask questions before we start delivering answers. If somebody blows your door off at 115 miles an hour, I think you start that conversation off <clears throat> and give them the benefit of the doubt. And I, and it works for me I, as much use of force as I got into everybody was like, it's unbelievable how much shit you get yourself out of. And it's because right. I know how to talk to people, but it's as simple as like, yeah, oh, hey, brother. 115 dog you saw my car right did you see me and they'd be so like, you, yeah, you yeah, mentioned I, I mean that's a, that's disrespectful like to blow that we, we'll, we're going to take that almost personal if you blow by me doing 115 miles an hour right yeah uh, instead of just going and saying right? like hey right. was there a reason but why we're doing is, this but this is respect respect gets respect right so I, I this is you know what dennis is saying and i i agree with wholeheartedly and what you're saying eric i i think you know, the three of us are outside of the profession now looking in. And I don't think that there is an, any, uh, I don't think there's a fresher set of eyes to be able to do that because 
we're not caught in the mire and we're not caught up in the headlines and we're not caught up in everything else. And it is, there is a communication problem. Respect does get respect, meaning that's a two way street. If you disrespect somebody walking up to their car, you're going to get disrespect in return, especially now, like the the video we're about to show Eric, uh, let me read the headlines. This is how it's stacked against us. I'm not whining and complaining. I'm saying we can all help change this, but this, these are the media headlines that you will read when you Google the words, Georgia kills wrongfully convicted. That's what I used. PBS, Georgia deputy kills black man who spent 16 years in incarceration. YouTube, man wrongly imprisoned for 16 years, killed during traffic stop. Wrongfully convicted Florida man shot, killed by Georgia trooper. U.S. man wrongfully imprisoned for 16 years, shot and killed by police. Video shows a struggle before Georgia deputy shoots and kills black man. Exonerated man wrongfully jailed in Florida. The fucking deck is stacked against us. Like you, you're well, it's the so media we're going right? to adapt. Yeah, it's the media yeah, deck. They, what they're trying the to media do, deck. so we can all be very clear, is they need to generate revenue and clicks so they can sell yes. ad space, and yes. that's the game. So they need that. You got to understand, like nobody's happier about conflicts in Israel and Ukraine. You're right. And COVID nineteen more than the media because everybody's glued to the TV and they're going to FoxNews.com and CNN.com and BBC.com. This is how they make their money. So anything that sounds a little frothy, that has some dollar signs on it, they'll test it. And by the way, if it doesn't take, they'll dump it in a day. You'll see they'll find something else. So it may not take. And I got to tell you, if I had to be that guy, I think being a Georgia Highway Patrol officer is probably the best case scenario for a, a fair review for sure. It, it goes a step further, though, because it trickles to social media. And social media is just filled with people who want this to be the truth. So they, so individually in their own little packs, push this bullshit agenda that the, like the headline should be, you know, because he's black and he was killed by police, that should be the headline. It, it has nothing to do with the fact that he had his yeah, hand wrapped I around think, the cop's neck and he didn't. Yeah. I think, I think most people are hip to the game now. So I wouldn't, you know, for me, I wouldn't read too much into this. I think you're, you know, the, the, the silent majority is the majority. And I hate to call it a silent majority, but you know, when I say a silent majority, they're probably going, this is fucking stupid. Another one of these things. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and the reality is, is most people at this point now have had enough of this fucking game where the cops are the bad guys. So while, while we're probably adding fuel to it, I think that we're, you know, essentially it's our job to discuss it, but I think that we're kind of having a conversation with all your listeners that are just like, yeah, we, we, we agree. Like there's no, there's no debate here. This is, this is one of the most ridiculous things. And, and the morons are, are the ones who are offended by it. Let's face facts. I, I agree in, that in a sense we're adding fuel to it, but I've always, and I will never, and this is my, the thick headed part of me. I will never stop advocating. I'm not saying you're not, yeah, I will never yeah. stop advocating. Like, so I, I will call bullshit when I see bullshit just because I think Every once in a while, the cops on the street who don't have administrations, they fucking, it's like fatherless children. Just like, you know, they need someone to stick up for them. At least say something like, hey, guys, just fucking keep your head up. Just like you're saying, don't pay attention to what these fucking media headlines are. That's a very small percentage of the, the country is paying attention to that anyway. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's why we started this whole podcast channel is so that first responders never have true. to go back to mainstream media. We do five shows a week. We have crime news, uh, true crime. We have political news on Wednesdays, dispatch stuff. And then we have the Friday breakdowns. I mean, this is that's so cops don't ever have to go back to mainstream right. media to get all the things, all the talking points so they don't sound like a robot cop all weekend long to their civilian friends. 
Um, that's what this, that's what our whole channel is about really quick before we dive into this video, Drew, uh, I want to take a minute to acknowledge our paid members in the YouTubes and our Patreons. Uh, we got a bunch of people in the chats today. Abby's Ellsworth from on being a police officer podcast is in here. Tactical dude, last known president, Teresa K will Cray. I'm just going to go up. Joe Russo's in here too. Uh, and it Davey, I'm not going to keep scrolling up cause I can do this all day. However, if you want to drop a super chat, um, for a question specifically for Dennis on street cop training, feel free to do so. I will hit those at the end of the show. Friendly reminder, head over for bonus content to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash failure to stop. And please leave us a five-star rating and review. We're up to almost 1800 ratings and reviews on just iTunes. Um, I'd like to get the iTunes or the Apple podcast up to 2000 before the end of the year. So if you if you haven't if you're one of those 1200 that's left us a review on Spotify, please head over to uh, Apple Podcasts. He was rating there. Get us to that 2000 number by Christmas, uh, and vice versa on the other side. Uh, Drew, you want to go ahead and play this video really quick, and then we'll have oh, Dennis sure. do his guru street cop training. I do, but I got analysis. Find a good clip for it. No, you're good. You're fun. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, that's terrible, actually. It is because we we're rookies. We were discussing several different options. If you were, I know we could talk to this guy all day. I mean, yeah, so why, I, do you let a, why do you let a 61 year old man run the technology? You fucking crazy. It's like my grandmother I mean, with a VCR. That should tell you something though, Dennis, you know what I mean? Like if he's letting me do it, what's I Let's tell you? See, we've got Nijkin <laughs> dropping $27. He wants to ask Dennis. Um, I, I, well, so one Dennis, before you read the super chat and be highly offended by Nijkin, he's from fucking like Switzerland or like Sweden. Like, Sweden. so nobody even like gives a shit about that country anyway, or, or their race. Um, is Swedish a race? Is that a race by the way? But Nijkin like, says, Denise, is that a girl's name? And you keep calling Denise, it 27 dollars, but it's, it's in Kroner. So it's, it's basically, you know, I think like $4 in America. Oh. But, but okay, let me just jump in here. Denise, yes, Denise is a girl's name, but I'm not Denise. I am Dennis. I'm only Denise. What's today? Friday? Tomorrow I'll be Denise. <laughs> it's when I go out and I do my personal stuff. I mean, I just I polish up my, my four-inch pumps today because I'm going out to be Denise tomorrow. But we, it didn't. we, uh, we speak your name, Denise. We, 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 we respect and admire you. So you if you want me to your podcast tomorrow, it's going to be a whole different version of me. No mohawk, full wig. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Blonde. All right. Nope, I can't hear it. Oh man, you're kidding me. No, no. But um, oh, I think there was, a, was there another super chat up there while he fixes that. Was there another super chat up there? Oh, uh, Will I, Craig. I, I know the I know the last president's been saying hello. Thanks, man. I, I see you coming in. Your I see the messages. I appreciate you want uh, wanting me to be here. I still can't figure out why people think I'm snazzy or dandy, but I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. They think you're what? Snazzy, dandy. What is that Good for you? Like snazzy, dude. Like, uh, like, like, uh, the bee's knees, you know? I'm going yeah, yeah, snazzy. You're our snazzy. Yeah. Will Cray says, uh, what is your dumbest encounter? But you can save it for later if we don't have time. But I mean, do we have time, Drew, to hear his dumbest encounter? Of course we do. Uh, I, I'm just mystified by this audio problem because you are my witness as anybody else. Uh, to the point of annoyment, you can hear everything on my hold on a second. Can you hear this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I think we're I think we're getting somewhere. I think okay. this is mostly Dennis's fault. That's fine. We'll, we'll uh, hold on. We're good. All right. Go while you're while you're working on that, counter. Dennis, what's your dumbest encounter that you've ever had as a cop? I, this guy Will Cray. Look, he's from Wyoming. Bored as shit all the time because it's Wyoming. Wyoming. <laughs> like has anything to do in Wyoming? So he likes to hear stories. Give him a story, Dennis. What's your dumbest encounter ever? I mean, I don't know if I would need time. 
by Sarah. I would need time to really put some thought into it. I could tell you one thing that just came to mind. I was trying to search in a little bit. I was I was stopping to get gum at a gas station. I worked in a pretty busy area. And so I'm like in line and the guy in front of me is fucking wasted. It's like mm. four o'clock in the afternoon. And I'll never forget. He was a Spanish dude. He's like, can I get a bag of Winstones? And I'm like, I'm in full uniform behind him with a black and white in the park, like literally right outside the door of the place. And I'm like, what? Like, did this guy walk here? So I, he like gets his cigarettes, like can't get his card at his wallet and like, sw- he's a wreck. And so I said to the guy, did he drive here? And the guy goes, yeah. And he like just ignored the police car, gets in this minivan and starts driving. And I'm like, and I, I'm like, holy shit, four o'clock in the afternoon. So I stopped the car. He blew like a two eight. Oh. I mean, literally I was like parked next to his car. And then on top of it, uh, he shit his pants in the back of the police car. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, I'm very nervous. So I'll never forget when his, when his wife, who seemed to be very disinterested in like his, I guess, granddaughter, because he's an older guy, came to pick him up because we released him to her. I'm like, just so you know, he defecated himself here, so he stinks. And the, I never get the granddaughter being like, oh, God, are you serious? <laughs> so I had to oh. deal with that DWI at four in the afternoon, like literally start a shift at five in the afternoon. Because, um, I mean, he's just... That's how but he saw you, right? Like he saw you in the parking lot. Standing behind him in line. It wasn't like it was. <laughs> he wanted was, He literally dude. opened the door and walked past a black and white Dodge Charger or something. So you know like, he's or, been or doing this for a long time, dude. He's probably been driving that shit faced to that gas station for like years, dude. In, in Winston's, by the way, Winston's are the the uh, wish dot com of Marlboros. You know what I mean? So he's not even he's not he's not even getting like the real tough cowboy killer cigarettes. He's getting. Winston. I could just hear him in my head going. Can I get a pack of ween stones? That's all. And I was like, did this guy fucking drive here? I literally said to the account, the guy work at the counter. He's like, yeah, I'm like, I think so. I'm like, which car did he come in? He's like that fucking minivan out there. I'm like, come on. And then I'm like, no way. And so if I go you, outside. He's taken off down there. I mean, I stopped him literally in a block. <laughs> what is that accent? Is that uh, Orlando, Florida? Yeah, yeah I'm from so. Orlando, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I think though, if like if Nike can Nike can can uh, translate that that in Swedish, what you're saying, can I get a pack of Winstones? Is uh, may I shit in the backseat of your car? And yeah. and you fucking you, you brought known. him in. You invited him in. This is your fault, not anybody yeah, else. You should have known. All right. Uh, you got this thing working this there. Again. I think so. Let's. All right. Let's see it. Yeah. Class is in session. Pay attention. <laughs> right. The verdict is. Your back. Oh, we're going to start right here. We're not even going to start at the beginning. Nope. Put your hands behind uh, your back. Cool. <laughs> Shit. Oh, that's so scary on the side of that highway. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm stressed out. Oh, shit. He's got a baton out. A stick. Oh, that's an old move, brother. Boy, yeah, she's flexible. Oh. I shot him. Bam. Put Stay one down. right in his chest. Oh. Contact shot right in the chest. So, I mean. Shot fired. Shot fired, kid. You didn't say it loud enough. Try like, more bring time. security pulling up to give him a hand. Yeah, yeah I that was, that dog. Too. How um, cool is that? Yeah, I, I got to find the approach, Eric. So, just. Yeah, uh, let me talk about you, this you know. really fast. One, that's terrifying. I only, I would have, sh- oh gosh, I, I, one, I, I don't pull cars over on the highway. 
You can have it. You want to blow my doors off at 150 miles an hour? See you later. Too big of a pussy to do that. I was an inner city street cop. If the, if the speed limit's more than 35 miles an hour on that road, I'm not pulling you over on it because uh, I don't want to get hit by a car. That right there, that's all I would be thinking about was, oh, my God, this guy's going to push me in front of a semi. Yeah, um, well, I mean, that's the hazard of the job. It, 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 and this goes to, and I'm telling you, well, this is one of Dennis's training points. I'm not even, like, kissing his ass by saying this. Why wouldn't you approach on the fucking safest plane that you have? And, and you know, I'll find the front part of this so we can. I'm going to jump in here and say this. Yeah, go for it. Um, when I When I train cops, I always explain to them, like, it's only your fault if you've been given perspective and you ignore the safer route. So I'm going to say this in this man's defense. Everything we look at when we sit here and criticize police work, a lot of times it's not really the fault of the cop. It's a lack of training. Almost every single thing you watch, you would say, why would he do that? Why would she do that? Why would they do that? Everything I see in this video is a lack of training. And so these are the stark realities of, I'm not going to go train jujitsu. I'm not going to go take training courses on how to approach. I'm not going to... And so I'm not saying the guy's not trained. I'm saying it's clear as day that, you know, um, you get a guy here who's a blue belt. I think it goes a little different. You know what I'm saying? That's just Yeah, because he did go really high on that guy. Uh, that's the one thing I noticed. And, like, that's what kind of fucks you over right there. Um, but I also looks like he has a rain jacket on, too. So maybe he didn't want to get his boots dirty. Listen, I've been there. Listen, I've, I've, I've taken that shortcut. Where I'm like, dude, I'm not walking in that tall, wet grass and fucking up my pants this early i gotta wear these for the next three days in a row uh because i First never changed my pants we're gonna um, yeah so i i mean i don't, I, I don't want to sit here and i don't and hate on it this. yeah i don't want to sit here and uh, and go into like what this guy did wrong because no, the we never do is, we never do the only thing i well, wanted to show from this video and the only thing i wanted to get was really the beginning i don't really care about the fight because we all do weird shit in fights and we're all going to do something different and you know we all have our reasons um but really what what what's pissed everybody off on tiktok is the guy's tone of voice at the beginning of this video. And a lot of people are thinking that he shouldn't have, have talked that way. That's why I kind of had the monologue of like those days of us being able, you know, 10 years ago, you could talk like that and it would work. It's not working these days because everybody wants you to talk like that so that they can fight with you back. But if you start talking to people, we change the way we're policing nowadays and we start going in with the more of like, Hey man, uh, any reason why you went by me at 115 miles an hour? Nah, fuck the police. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, just give me a second, man. Put your hands on the, the dash there. You got any weapons in the car? You know, I'm just going to hang out right here, but just stay right there where you're at. We're gonna, we'll, we'll work through this, man. It's a speeding ticket for sure. Hold on, you know, send me another unit. Um, yeah, and then when it gets I, there, then we can start getting into the mix. But uh, I, I think what everybody is jumping on is the initial approach right here, which I have, so I wanted to talk I, which about I think it. I have. All right. But, that's it. <laughs> Just to be clear, too, Dennis, so you understand and the audience knows, we're a breakdown show on Friday mornings, and we 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 take incidents like this and we dissect them and we do that productively. Like if if something needs to be called out, we call it out. It's not. I don't. I would never Monday morning quarterback this cop. He he had to do what he had to do. He started how he started it, and you know, like there's no greater. Um, statement against our self-interest than if you look at our Uvalde stuff, like the stuff that we said about the Uvalde officers, like everybody just fucking slow down on the coward stuff and let's let's evaluate it for what it is. And all lack of training, all of it, all of it's a lack of training. It, yeah. it is. It, yeah, it's a hundred percent. And you don't know so, what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, like you don't even like, dude, everything that you're seeing, if you just, 
you look at videos and you watch police videos, and I think it's a really good idea for a lot of people to Monday morning quarterback these videos so they can learn from them. You get this constant theme should be playing in your head. Like, do I think they were trained or I think they were not trained? Yes. So we know uh, from, from our position that we know that there's a significant lack of training here. It just, and it is, but the point is it's, it's not even his fault because who did he get trained by? How much training are we sending people to? Um, you know, there could be some, some, you know, but again, trained or not, Let's cast the blame where it belongs. You should not be trying to kill a fucking police officer on the side of the road. Like, yeah, you have no right to defend myself. I'm saying to defend myself. You have no right to that officer's taser either. You know what I mean? Like that's that was another that shooting in New Mexico. Like you have no right to grab somebody's shit. Um, here, let's see if this works. God, I pray this works. Get out. Put your hands back here. Put your damn hands back here. Who are you? Step to the sheriff's office. Is it working? I don't care. Step to the rear of this vehicle. In the name of who? In the name of the law of the state of Georgia. Step back here. Now you're getting tased. Watch me now. Put your hands on the back of that truck. Do you see that? Put your hands on the back of that truck. Back of the truck. Both hands. Turn around. <laughs> 34, can you send me another He's got to be drunk, right? I, I don't know. He is acting kind of weird, but he's also. Your name is Officer Who? Staff Sergeant Aldridge with the Camden County Sheriff's Office. Who County? Camden County. Put your hand behind your back. Do I have a, do I have a warrant? Wait, wait. No, 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 no. Excuse me. That's where it goes wrong. Put your hands behind your back because you're getting taste. I'm telling you that right now. Why am I getting taken? Because you are under arrest for speeding and reckless driving. I'm not driving. Nobody was hurt. How was I speeding? You passed me doing 100 miles an hour. Okay, so that's a speeding ticket, right? Sir, tickets in the state of Georgia are criminal offenses. I don't have a ticket in Georgia. You do now. Why? You passed me doing 100 <laughs> miles an hour. And what? I'm not going Hands to behind your back. Yes, you're going to jail. Hands behind your back. All right, he tased him at that point. He's just he just braced. All, all he did was like, back. I'm taking it. Now he's ripping the wires out. And now he's engaged in full battle. They're they're right at the fog line of this whole thing. So it's dangerous enough. But you know, he's got his arms around the guy's neck, and the guy's got his arms around his neck, and he's significantly stronger and uh, it appears anyway, and he takes out his He's axe trying to kill him. And, yeah, he's he's definitely trying to kill him. He got his hand over his mouth, wants to, wants to have him pass out. He can't breathe. Yeah. So there it is. Um, and tonight, we gosh, know you know, and we saw the, the other half a um, second ago. We just put it out of order, but yeah, and I, you know, I, I, my, I listen. I, I've only watched this video because I got bombarded with messages. By the way, one of these street guys, I love all you guys out there. You just sent me your entire breakdown um, of your thing. I'm not going to call you out by name, but I, I disagree with a lot of it. Um, when I see this videotape right here, what you are missing is, I guarantee you, he ran that tag when the guy blew by him at hundred miles an hour. And when you see that the guy did 14 years in prison for homicide or for murder, that's going to get your heart rate up just a little bit too. Um, and it's just not normal that somebody blows your doors off at hundred miles an hour when you're in a fully marked unit and just doesn't give a fuck. I'll put it that the cops emotions got in the way here, but we've all done that. We've all been there. We've all fucked that part up. We've all been like, what? what, what are you thinking? That's why I started my monologue out the way it is now. Like, is that wise? No, but is it wrong? 
I, no, it's not like legally wrong or anything like that. Um, could he have done a lot of things better? Yeah, but I don't think with all the the rhetoric on Twitter and things that this cop escalated anything. I I don't think he escalated anything. I think he did what normal, what a normal human would do with those emotions. I know we're supposed to be abnormal, right? That's just not the case. This guy could have been dealing with some other bullshit earlier in the case, you know, where maybe a, a well, eight year old wouldn't give a cell phone back and he might just be annoyed to no end already. And this just put him over there. We don't know those kind of questions, but I don't know if his tone or his manner was wrong. Obviously you, you, we know now wasn't wise, but I yeah. I mean, you can see the moment where he stops complying, you know, he was somewhat non-compliant to begin with, but you can see the moment where he made the decision to not comply anymore. I think the, the word jail was mentioned. And when you, Take it in totality. This guy was wrongfully incarcerated for 14 years before he was set free. Uh, he's thinking, "I'm going right fucking back." Like he, he, I th- I'm going I think, back. I think we're being there. very. I think for me, I'm going to just jump in here and say that we're being very presumptuous about a lot sure. of stuff. But I think we have to get down to the brass tacks of things. Is um, whether you like the attitude or the cop or not, he had the right to do what he was doing legally. His yep. his communication may not have been perfect. Uh, we must submit to law enforcement authorities. If there's a problem with his attitude, you can file an internal affairs complaint later on. Um, and you can deal with that with an attorney later on. But the the bottom line is there's a difference between not going in handcuffs and actively trying to take the life of a law enforcement officer. And it's clear yes. as day that once this gentleman had made a decision that he was going to resist, he not only resisted, but then he attempted to murder a police officer. And so for that, it's clear as day. He goes right out. He's not going for his chest. He's not holding onto his arms and resisting and just actively just don't want to let. He's literally not only going for his throat, but he's covering his his mouth and nose trying to as- asphyxiate him. Uh, and, you know, your heart rate's already through the roof. You're probably losing oxygen. He might have been on the brink of passing out. I've been in situations like this. And he's got nobody else there with him. He's got he's already exhausted his taser. It didn't work. Um, you know, he can't. The stick's not going to help him here. Can't get the pepper spray out. He's by himself and he's losing the fight which probably is going to result in death. And that's what I'm sure he's thinking. So there's no question about it. Very authorized situation to employ deadly force. Um, I'm sure the intention wasn't to kill, but deadly force comes out and that's a circumstance of deadly force. So yeah, yeah I, mean, I think once you, you like, once you taste somebody and it doesn't work, um, because there's a, there's an expectation, you know, through training, right. When we taste somebody, it's going to work because most, most agencies train, uh, best case scenario. And, and, you know, in those training scenarios, you, you pop somebody with a train, the taser and, and then the scenario is over. Um, and when you put it in a real life situation where the taser doesn't work and that expectation goes away, you know, I'm sure there was an, Oh shit moment. Uh, and also that, that that's drug use, right? Um, I think it's uh, a good like, indicator. Good indicator. Listen, drug use. I, I think we're going down a road that kind of is moot to the point. The point is, is I don't care if you're on drugs, alcohol, I don't care if you just did three black backflips. The the very moment you're trying to take another human being's life, um, uh, the 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 game changes. So right. resisting's one thing. Attempted murder of a police officer is a completely different thing. And so people could say, yeah. well, no, he was just trying to get him to pass out. That's how it goes. And then the gun's removed, and a cop is shot on the side of the road. Yeah. Um, this guy, I don't know the difference. L- let's call it like it is. This was not some conversation. If I don't like your attitude, I'm going to submit. But I don't like your attitude. I think it's fair, but I'm going to let you put me in cuffs, right? This was, I'm going to get a take. Like, you know, for me, uh, I'm not going to fight with a cop, even if they're completely wrong. I know better as a, 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 a mature adult. 
yeah, yeah. I, mean, I will I will deal with this later on and and hope hope for the best on the other side and, of and in totality it, like it, it's going to be looked at from a totality of circumstances you know standpoint and you're near a fucking busy highway it's like we no can't cars, criminalize but, this, like, like you know the bottom line is is like society can't hold this guy accountable because his communication skills yeah. are shitty right um, exactly right i mean he that was kind of my he, point he didn't walk up to the car and punch a guy in the face he walked up to the car, car and gave him verbal commands albeit maybe not perfect terse nobody's gonna argue that right gave him verbal commands he didn't punch him in the face he didn't shoot him he wanted him out his objective was to get him in cuffs he still used verbal commands he used constructive authority by displaying the taser and doing a uh, a flash whatever they call it right display flash or whatever the, you know whatever it is and the guy still wasn't listening wanted his hands behind his back had to get him into cuffs that's when the you know that's when he would not still still listen it's to me it's textbook um in the sense of we have to look at it from not a criteria of did they communicate well it, it, that's that's actually irrelevant i'm not saying it's not a factor in how fast things might have escalated but that's not the point because that's not it's not a violation of law to yell at somebody when you're when you're experiencing something like that it's a violation of law to use force um to you know it, it's a violation to use force when when force isn't necessary but let's be very fucking clear here everything this guy did if we're just take shut the shut the video off on audio and let's just look at it right so and then yeah. you tell me did you, did you think this is justified and what would you do in this situation and they, and again <clears throat> just to be very clear yeah, if you, if you put it on mute, you're right. Like, maybe we would have benefited from watching this thing on mute. I, I just don't think it's the next George Floyd. I mean, that's what was going on oh, over God. Twitter last night. That's what my phone no, was blowing up. Not, Everybody's not. like, oh, here it goes. I don't see it no, at all. Like, that, but this that, is that. the, the next George societal thing about it being election season. This is this is election season. They want it season. to be. They want they're, they're it to be a George Floyd. George Floyd. Yeah. Yes. They want it because to be. Because they know they his have, way. They have beaten that campaign to death. And every – any – politician outside of some very significantly anti-police areas quote unquote that is going to try to ride a campaign trail on a police hate is asking for trouble what dennis what 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 do we do as a profession though when that same sentiment seeps into the police administration where they're kowtowing that they're afraid that this is going to be the quote next george floyd as opposed to looking at it objectively like we just did um, I can't change people. And just because they wear a badge and have a uniform on or might have some kind of special insignia on their, on their collars or shoulders, I can't change who they are as human beings. What I can do is try to give guidance. And for us, this is impactful because I'm not trying to make the situation a martyr situation, push my agenda, but this is why we exist as a training company, yeah. because I'm trying to do my very best to plant the seeds for the future of having a backbone, calling it what it is, own it when it's bad, own it when it's good. Um, but let's face facts. You know, I was told recently that the, uh, the, the, there was a chief in Florida who sold this guy out. I mean, just bad. It was really, it was a terrible thing. This guy, the guy had to use force. The chief's just, and so I'm told from everybody, like, yeah, he, he heard your podcast. He's angry about it, blah, blah, blah. Don't be mad at me. You're the one who's on film and on camera, not backing your cop who was completely justified. And you're putting him through hell because you're a fucking, because you're scared. You're a scared little girl, right? And I'm going to say, my favorite, my favorite quote of all time let that I back it up, not scared little girl. You're a scared little baby. So let me <laughs> redact that because <laughs> right. there's a lot of girls that are tougher than guys in this industry. And I know that for a fact, and I'm friends with them and I know them. So that's not what I meant on Same. that. You're a scared little baby. You're a scared little toddler because you don't have the balls to say, 
because you're worried about self-interest in yourself. And the reputation of that guy is, is profound. He just lives in la-la land that everybody likes him. He's doing a good job. And everybody I've talked to who knows the dude is like, he's the worst. He's just the worst. He thinks he's good. Everybody hates his guts. And so it's clear. Then when you work for a guy like that and you're not leaving an agency like that, what do you think happens when you got to use force to challenge? And this, this, this know nothing, do nothing shows up and plays this game. I'm the chief. I should know. You don't. You have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, I'm done. Rant over. No, you're great. I might like my favorite quote that I've coined is political police that poison the profession. It's these cops who get into the job just to politic their way to the top and they hide from coals. They, they, they never put their neck out. They don't risk their life. They are not interested in being coming better leaders. All they're interested in is, is where can I squeeze myself in to get my picture taken? Who can I get my picture with and who can I have dinner with? And they do this all the way to the top and they've never been real cops and they've never really been in it for the people either. They've never been in it for the, for the men in uniform and the women in uniform. And they've never been in it for the community. They've only been in it. Uh, to get to that level of being the chief or the major, or the lieutenant. Well, what's so when the they level get there, about, right? It's about money. So th- that's the worst thing about this profession is that if you took away the the pay bumps for being a supervisor, if you just took them away, right? Yeah. I can guarantee you most, I'd say at least half the command staff would not be who they are. They would want to stay in patrol, hump a black and white, going around, right? Humping a radio car. And you'd have those who really believe they could help and do the right thing and might seep in some of those power trippy people. But uh, taking those positions because they want those positions, that's one of the worst things. The only way to make money in this profession is to get a higher ranking. And it's not the motivation of why you should want to be a higher command staff officer. Unfortunately, that's how it is in a lot of places. And I, and I got, I'm not knocking people who want, who need to make more money. You should want to make more money, but that's one of the flaws of this industry is that people are motivated with self-interest and it's very limited fruit to pick, right? So if you think about it, there is not much fruit on the tree in a law enforcement uh, organization. You want to get out of your, you know, Pittman schedules, sh- rotating shifts. There's three spots in, uh, in narcotics. So like when that one spot opens up every four years, everybody's stabbing <laughs> each other in the back to get the fuck off the road, right? Everybody wants... 84 guys want the one dog that's available just to get a better assignment. So it just becomes a bloodbath because there's not enough for everybody. And then once you get something, it's, this is my little, you ever go to like a playground and watch kids play when there's like eight different things to choose from? No, because you're a pervert. Uh, well, I, have, I, have, I have four kids, you piece of shit. I have five. I'm just kidding. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do like to come inside of people. I see that. That's great. Me too. I couldn't pull out of a fucking driveway, to be honest no, with you. Me right? me so, so listen, Catholic. you ever see these kids play? This is mine. This is my slide. You can't go on it, right? Once you've obtained the slide or the jungle gym or the swings, nobody wants to give them up. Nobody wants to say, well, you're probably better at this. No, this is my slide. I got to hold on to it forever. And sometimes so until they force me out. You can't run, uh, an, uh, you can't autopilot a law enforcement agent, agency by optics. Like you can't run on optics alone. Optics are important because you do have to serve, uh, you, you have to make tough decisions. You have to make decisions that are going to kill morale at times, but that's, that should not be your guiding principle. What Let me the just community jump in here and say this real be, quick on, on that because I don't want to lose that thought. You don't ever have to kill morale. If you have a good communication with the people that you work with and they respect you already, uh, you can explain this to them and morale never gets killed because they still trust the guy at the top. 
It's the guy at the top or the girl at the top who is so fucking self-interested and has been such a piece of shit for so many years that anything they do, even when they do something fucking good, what do you say? What are they up to? Why do we get knit hats all of a sudden? Like, what's coming next? This is not right. Like, it's like you have this, this you know, beaten spouse forever, just beating the shit out of your kids. And all of a sudden, your father comes home with a new bike. And you're like, well, hold on. So this guy's been beating my teeth in for eight years. What's this about? Right? What does he want from us? Yeah, yeah I, I'm, you're preaching the choir here. I mean, I, I had I had an audience of about 30 cops every night on the midnight shift. And I'm telling you, I, I ate this decision I made. I know it was the right decision to this day. I know it was the right decision. And I got a, a, in front of those people because I, I, I was worried about this, like killing the morale. It was, uh, hey, we're going to, this was, uh, he resisted arrest and he battered a Leo that I evaluated, looked at the body cam while we were standing there, discussed it with the supervisors there and said, we can't take this fucking guy to jail. We're not doing that. We can't take it just because he spit at him and he missed or whatever. I'm the first one to say, do not fucking ever disrespect our uniform or any one of our cops, but this is a bad decision. We're not doing that. I got up in the roll call the next morning or the next uh, evening uh, opportunity wasn't the next evening. And I said, look, I just want you all to know that it, it was my decision. And, and I'll make that decision the same way every single time, because I have, you to protect and I have an agency to protect and I have the citizens to protect. And that's what I'm going to do every time. And I understand, you know, the cop is sitting right there and I'm telling him, I understand if you're upset with me or you're angry with me or, you know, just, just don't turn negative. Just give me a shot and understand that there was a lot more to that decision than you think. I lose sleep over stuff like that. I'll, I'll buy you a fucking milkshake at the PDQ. So I'm telling you within an hour, that guy came up to me and said, it's going to take a lot more than that to make me mad at you. Oh, and I was like, fucking that's, that's manly. You know, that's, real. that's what I love. Mm. Like I came, I came to them heart in hand. He came to me and said, no worries, my man. I'm not going to talk shit about you. Be out of your back. You did the right thing. Everything. Yeah. But I mean, that's transparency. We all appreciate transparency. Like even in our friendships or relationships, you know, when you start talking to people and you start letting people and you put it out on the line and start, stop hiding shit and harboring stuff. I never knew that as like why supervisors would do that. I never did that. You know, I, when I was an FTO, I never, I never did that with my rookies. I never just, when they would be like, Hey, what are we going to do today? I wouldn't, you know, if I knew what we were going to do today, I wouldn't just be like, that's for me to know and you to find out. Get in. No, I would say like, Lizzie, here's what we're going to do today. This is what I plan on doing today. You know, I, when you start, when you, you know, I don't know what it is when people get into leadership positions where they just think that like secrets are powerful or something like that drives me bananas. I, you know? I will tell you, I will tell you what the problem is, is that we promote people and we send them to management school, not leadership school. Oh, fuck that's yeah. the problem. So most guys or girls go to this one week, five, four day, two week and it's about progressive discipline, about this, about the bullshit, about how what's what's appropriate discipline, how to get people to comply. Nobody ever sat them down and said, "This is what leaders look like." How to do the payroll? Like, don't tell me the fucking nuts and bolts. I'll figure that shit out on, on the job. Leadership? Tell me, yeah, build me into being a leader. Now, now I'll tell you this on the other side of that. I I was promoted to first line supervisor. They had the first ever what they called the Corporal Academy. It was the first ever leadership school. You know, we were in a fairly progressive agency and they were into developing leadership, which was fucking greatly appreciated. And it was a leadership focused school. It was building you up to be a leader. Then I fucked up and I, I lost those stripes. I went back on the street 
And my struggle was, I'm still the leader you built. And, and I wasn't, nobody was fucking having it because you're just a deputy now. You're not a corporal anymore. Like, so only half of the agency understood the leadership aspect of it. The other, the other half recognized rank equals leadership, rank equals respect. Rank equals top, that's a top level failure. That's all it just comes down to. That's a top yeah, level I, failure. And I mean, I mean, into the sense that if the top level is ignoring misbehavior or non-leadership in the rank and file, them just ignoring it and thinking it's going to go away, that's a major leadership failure. And if you want the fucking stuff on your shoulders and your collars, yeah, you get to go and have a better schedule and get a take home, a nicer take, whatever it may be, better gun, whatever it is. But that also means you got to eat the shit. Yeah. So you don't get to have caviar and steak all the time. And I got to tell you, one of the worst things about being somebody who is a leader or the owner of an organization as myself is I fucking hate having hard conversations, but I also understand that if I don't do it, it'll be the detriment of this company. And I have to have more hard conversations and they're fucking uncomfortable and they're the fucking worst. And I have to like literally just take everything I got. I'm like, Oh, you suck. I can't have you here anymore. You're fucking this whole place up. Nobody likes you and you're a fucking cancer. And and I can't have you or like, I got to tell a guy who's in the stage three of his instructor development, like, dude, you're not a fit here. And they're like, fuck you. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I can't have you wear this label. Uh, it, I've worked too hard for it. And the behavior you displayed last week on that email thread is fucking infantile. And, and I cannot even think about you being in the public wearing my fucking logo and behaving. We had a guy who came in uh, at one point, wrote a nice program. And then he's in a fucking Facebook group that we have. 100,000 members, and he's acting like a fucking asshole. So people are like, yo, is that your instructor? I'm like, yo, if I ever catch you, he's a 50-year-old man. Like, if I ever catch you talking like that ever again in your fucking life, it, in our shit, now I'm, at boot, I'm like, you're done here as an instructor because he never had a paid class. You're fucking gone. He did it again two days later. He's getting reported to me. And I'm like, bro, this is not how we behave as street cop instructors. We're supposed to rise above everybody be the big brothers and sisters, put our arm around people and say like, hey man, like I know this behavior did it. We're human too, we make mistakes, but what the fuck was that? And he's gone. I told this guy who was his coordinator, I'm like, fire him. I don't give a fuck. He's like, oh, I want to talk to Dennis. I go, I'm done. I talked to him once. He's fucking fired. He doesn't work here. He'll never work here ever a day in his life. Don't ever ask again. Dude, we got uh, we got eight guys on our staff. Uh, Drew here at the Fair Top Podcast. I, we never have to have those. Oh, we've had some weird conversations, but it's not like like that. I think we're really lucky. We have really great ex cops and and current cops that work for us, uh, work with us. I never even say for us. I used to say work work with us, but uh, I think we're really fortunate. But that, yeah, I I can't imagine being on you know where you're at, and and I think that's why Drew. That's why that's why I like to keeping Drew around because Drew doesn't. Well, we we have very little drama here. It comes. I've and had goes. a few creative differences. I've had a few hard conversations, though. I'm going to say this real quick. That's I, for I, creative. I, that's for creative difference. That's, that's not for being dumbasses. Like we didn't no, let, like that. we didn't move I, on from anybody here because they were fucking stupid. We moved yeah, on I, because it's like they wanted to do X right. type of show, and we didn't want that type of show, or vice versa. Right. Like it was never I, like a man, you fucking suck. Get yeah, I'm out. not taking shots. Let me I'm just, just say saying, real quick. Yeah, go for it. I, I also, you know, you'll have, you can speak to any staff member here and they'll tell you, this place is amazing. I, the people that I work with feel like family. I, I like, I, like you guys are my best friends and there's a lot of us. And I say, and I always remind them that's because Papa had to get rid of all this shit over the past six years and fire all these fucking <laughs> lunatics yeah. and these cancers. And I did all the dirt and that's why we're here. We're harmonious and we're happy because I'm not letting somebody come in here 
and disrupt what this is. So, and they're yeah. appreciative of that because Den Den don't fucking sit here and take people's bullshit or, or ignore it. And so if I did and it made these other people frustrated, they would leave. They wouldn't want to be here. So as a good leader, I've got to be there for them to get rid of these fuckheads that we mistakenly hire at times because they're wolf. Sometimes they're a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? They'll come yeah. in or the best four weeks later, fucking Susan's being an asshole and talking shit about <laughs> me over nothing behind my back. And that's fine. Susan may have shit going on at home, but you can't bring it here. And I would tell people like you can't bring your shit. Once you hit that door, it's got to be left out there. You can't bring your shit in this fucking building. I can't have it here. You're fucking everybody up and I'm not going to have it. And so there's actually a viral video of me on TikTok and they want to do a thing here. And it was uh, working for your non-strict boss. And they asked these questions. It got like a million views. It got like 90,000 likes. I got like 800 thirsty comments that girls want to touch me in those places. You know, that was like fantastic. one of those was mine. I put one of those in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. But that's it. I just wanted to say that. Go ahead, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, just Rhonda, new member. Thank you so much, Rhonda, for signing up for our YouTube channel, paid YouTube channel. Thank you. Rhonda's, she must be thirsty. Uh, Rhonda's thirsty for you. Rhonda does her, her own show on Daniel Holtzclaw, if you'll remember. She, oh, that's right. She oh, is the Holtzclaw and, lady. And, and, and cool. by the way, uh, while we're on the subject of past shows, did we all uh, know and understand that Ben Darby pled guilty to manslaughter a couple days ago? No, he what? did. What was, what, what was, what was, and what did they give him? Like five years time probation served. or something? He, he, I think he got three years of probation and, and time yeah. served. You know what, honestly, what you got to do. Bro, listen, dude. I, and I was actually saying to his wife, and I, you know, I don't want to sit, sit here and start tooting my own horn. We did, we tried to help her out. We have a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, my world's been a little upside down lately. And I, you know, I, I've, I've had to, this may sound crazy. And I don't want to go down the road of mental health, but Dennis need to be here for Dennis for a little bit. Sure, and sure. so I could only help as much as I could in the, going through what I've been through. Um, you know, and my, one of my first questions was like, you know, she's like, now he's adamant. He's adamant. He's adamant. We're going to fight. I'm like, man, you're talking about 30 years in fucking prison, man. Like, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, sometimes I watched a deal or no deal the other night with my kids. Cause like you watch silly <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. And this girl had a dollar or $400,000 in a briefcase. And I'm like, take the fucking the 200,000 are off in you. What are you crazy? And she took the chance and won the 400, but dude, that's risky as fuck. That's way too risky. Yeah, that's a lot of risk, especially when you're talking about prison. Are you familiar at all with the hold call case since we have Rhonda in here? Are you familiar with that case at all? Is that the, is that the Ben Darby case? No, no the, no, the Daniel, Daniel Holtzclaw okay. case is insane. Get into it sometime. Dive into that. That is like that's where my passion lies actually right now. Um, I'm all about freeing California Daniel Holtzclaw. No, no, uh, he was a uh, Oklahoma City. But listen, listen. Before you dive into oh. this, before you dive into it, Dennis, listen. No, in no way, shape, or form would I ever want to put my reputation. I'm a married man with five kids, one wife, five kids, thirteen years of marriage. I'm a family man family man. My kids are sponsored skaters. They do great. I'm a family man. I would never put my reputation from failure to stop or anything on a man who I thought, or there was any evidence that he did these crimes. I wouldn't do it. I have researched this case for eight years. I'm telling you right now, the man is innocent. That's a bold statement. That's a crazy He's statement. I'm telling you, this guy is innocent. I've done every, I've, I've unturned every rock. I can talk to you on the phone about it. He was charged with 26 counts of sexual assault on on notorious prostitutes, he did not do any of it, and I can t I can show you all of the evidence. There was no, there was zero evidence. Well, the only reason this, he got charged was was because of the time and place. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you get a chance, I I beg you to please look at the Daniel Holtzclaw case. I'll tell you it what, if you go atrocious, if you, if you go to the Failure to Stop YouTube channel, you will see right on the front page. There's a three series pod. There's a series podcast of three episodes 
we completely break down that uh, that whole thing uh, to include his interviews and to include the trial. We even had his sister come on. What was uh, Michelle, what's that? 206 years. 200 and yeah, I thought are there appeals in place? Like what's going on with that? Yeah. Yeah. There are appeals in place, but, the, but it's a difficult process. It's a very difficult process. Oh, he's got a lot of people on his side. There's, um, um Michelle Malkin. Is, Michelle has Malkin's done, like, uh, she, she interviewed the two detectives and I want to do a full on breakdown of the interview that Michelle Malkin oh, did with the detectives. I'm way wrong. 263 years. Yeah. They're, they're clowns. I mean, like I hate to call another cop that and, and they know what they know. So maybe they know something else, but the answer is they're giving Michelle Malkin and it's review. It's raw videos. So it's not, uh, the, the answers are way off. Like I, I really think that they just had investigative tunnel vision and they put this guy in prison. And there's a lot of people that are putting all of their money and all of their chips on this guy being innocent, not, so not, even not the- guilty, but innocent. Even the lawyer that was going against them, the defense lawyer, went out to back to Ohio and tried to interview um, old girlfriends, old girlfriends, everything. And he said, listen, I couldn't find one person to say a negative thing about Daniel, period. And so he feels like even though that he was the lawyer that got him put in jail, like he even says um, in a beautiful dialogue. I'm not allowed. I can't I can't say he didn't do it, but what I'm saying is. I try. I interview. I tried to find anybody that had something negative to say about this guy. We searched his phone. No porn. We found his computers. No porn. I mean, this dude had not had a complaint from a girl. This dude was a morally just man. There's no way he went and had sex with 26 frosties. Um, which, by the way, like you go look at the story. 13 of them. And they only uh, interviewed say the that they were lying because they they were just like we just saw a white guy, and he's not white. He's not white, by the way. He's like Polynesian. Um, yeah. it's an it's insane case, Dennis. It's it's one of the most insane cases. Um, if you look at Daniel Holt's call on YouTube, you can see him crying when he gets convicted. My heart has poured out to him since 2014 uh, or 15, whenever this happened. And it was one of these ones that I felt like God was calling me to to talk about before I was ever a podcaster and I was still a street cop, and now having just Rhonda on here and having you on here. It's just one of those cases, man. It, it's literally the only case I've had my teeth shattered. My leg broke, my arm broke, been in some crazy cases. This is the only case. And I'm not even a part of it that has kept me awake at night. This case, I remember in 2018, never having a panic attack in my life. I couldn't stop thinking about Daniel Holtzclaw in his cell and what he's going through right now. And I was having like a legit, like, I, obviously I didn't like wake anybody up and make a scene about it, but like I was in my bed going like, I got to get up. I got to go for a jog. I got to do something like I can't, this is insanity to me. Insane case, Dennis, insane case. So Dennis, uh, just to kind of put a bow on some of these things, I, we need to, we need for you to plug some of your stuff, but, uh, yeah, I, I want to tell you this, you, you're without, you know, blowing too much sunshine up your rear end. Um, we have an organization here, failure to stop. Eric and I are kind of running things. It's Eric's Eric's show. And we're, we're looking to do things like you do. In other words, we're using you as kind of the model that you're, you're kind of the mentor in this whole thing, honestly. Um, and it, it, here's the thing that I pride ourselves the most on. And, and this applies to law enforcement training, it applies to everywhere else. The best lessons are learned in private business. So we're following things. Uh, we're following what Gary V says. We're following what Alex Harmozy says. 
Like this is where we're trying to model after. We're not trying to model anything after a law enforcement agency because that's a colossal failure and that's a government entity. So you're the closest thing that we got kind of. We're, we're just trying, you know, you know what I mean? We're just trying to make this association and follow in your footsteps somewhat. We're not going to be a training company, but we're a company and, and we're just, we're trying to get there. Uh, so thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm going to tell the rest of the, the people watching though to go to Street Cop Podcast uh, watch that. It's healthy. Um, it's, it's good stuff. It's inspirational stuff. Uh, that, that, uh, episode that I, the most recent episode that I watched was, uh, I think her name is Angela. She was an attorney and she was a prosecutor or a state. The Green Beret one's the last one I listened to. <laughs> she was a state, uh, assistant DA. She said phenomenal yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, just like courtroom testimony and demeanor was something that was near and dear to me when I was teaching full on. It's something that, that they're lacking period in, in law enforcement. And it's the most important thing. Jesus Christ, you know, getting somebody in handcuffs is the start of a a criminal justice process. The trial and testifying is the most important part because the, the prosecutor has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Whereas we only have probable cause. What goes into that is writing a proper report that supports proof beyond a reasonable doubt, not just probable cause. So having guests on like that or having guests on, you know, that are motivational or health wise, uh, we appreciate what you're doing. I'm going to tell you that. Also, it takes your own money. And I'm talking to all the cops out there. Sometimes it takes your own money to go to these trainings like the street cop thing that's coming up in Orlando. It's going to take your own money. Like you'll invest for whatever reason in $200 worth of fucking strobes around your car, but you don't want to pay $195 to go to a, to a, a class for, uh, for ground fighting or, or, uh, interdiction or whatever. You, you can also do little books like this one that I'm almost done with that you won't see maybe Kapikaze, oh, Tom Rizzo's book. Yeah. Total, uh, I'm 75% done. Uh, we are definitely on the same page. I follow him on social media. He follows me. We are definitely on the same page when it comes to Tom lives 30 seconds down the road from where I'm sitting right now. He's, he's an awesome fella. And we're, yeah, we're going to have a, actually he's coming on another on in November 3rd. He'll be on here. Uh, so we can't wait for that. Uh, I appreciate you want to meet guys. us. Uh, you, are you in, you're in Florida for real? No, he's not. No. He's in New no. Jersey. Okay. I was well, Florida, you, guys are, you guys are in Jacksonville beach, right? No, we're, I'm Jax. in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's in Tampa, Florida. We do meetups everywhere. Man, we had one in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. We've had a few in North Carolina. We've got one with Vinny Montez in Albemarle, North Carolina. Drew's uh, opening up for that. I'm doing the stand-up comedy with Vinny Montez um, uh, for the North Carolina tour that he's got going on a couple of places here. And then, um, but the, our meetup this week or next week is in Jacksonville, Florida. We travel all around. Uh, I've done one in Nashville. Um, but we do these like little podcast meetups and uh, we bring it's a morale bunch of, building. It's, it's yeah, not necessarily instruction. It's morale. No, building. I mean, no, it's, it's just, just morale building. It's funny. We cheese. We take over a bar. We get all the cops in there. I bring dudes up on the microphone. I cheese on them. I make fun of a couple of state troopers as a good street cop does. Um, and it, but anytime you guys, anytime that you're, it, it, you know, if we do one up in New Jersey, man, we'd love to have you as our, as our guest. We've had Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, uh, show up. Dexter Pitts has been to, to the meetup. Uh, Hamity just sent the terrorist whisperer. We've got conservative ant coming to this one. We love doing that. And it boosts the morale for those local cops, man. They love that. And they get to unwind and hang out with like-minded guys that have their, I think, we're, I think we're overestimating how, how cool I actually am or how popular I actually am. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're, bro. We're I saw that haircut we're, and I was we're, like, we're dude, this is like top 10 coolest dude I've ever met. Like, just yeah, we're based definitely on his haircut selling it, but when I saw the faux hawk, I, I thought, fuck. We're in rare air. I, I, I understand that. Well, wow. Dennis, don't you have stuff to, to, to uh, promote your stuff? Like, yeah, do where, it real where quick. can people find you? Yeah. <clears throat> Street Cop University is coming out in the first week of November, and it's going to be fucking game-changing. And if you're looking to come to our conference in Orlando, April 28th through the May 3rd, which is going to be fucking profound, wait till you see our... We've been holding back our calendar a little long, uh, but waiting for the for the for the announcement. Street Cop University will come a free ticket to that. The ticket's six ninety nine. Boise University, you're actually getting free shit just for signing up for university. So that's going to get a free ticket. That's just one of the many benefits. But you can follow us anywhere on any social media platform. Uh, Street Cop Training, you'll find it. Um, if you're a law enforcement officer listening to this, check out our private Facebook group. Our private. Uh, Instagram, I mean, anywhere. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of resources, a lot of free stuff, but Street Cop University and streetcop.com is where you can find our however many instructors we have now in over 70 programs nationally. It's easy to search. The website lags a little bit. Just be patient with it because we're still working out the bugs with that. And that's it, man. I just want to say that I appreciate, you know, being on this podcast. It's been fantastic. It was a real fun experience and getting to know you, Drew and Eric. I appreciate it so much. I don't know if people have questions they want to ask me before we, before we button up. But, yeah, you guys uh, got some questions. If you got, we'll give you like five, six minutes. Throw out some quick questions there. Um, wait, so you said your next thing is in Orlando, April twelfth. So our next, we have an annual conference. We'll probably have, I would think, some of the ballpark of two to three thousand cops in in that conference in Orlando. We'll be at the Gaylord Palms in uh, right right at the bottom of the entrance to Disney. It's that's gorgeous. Bro, I ask anybody who's been to our conference before. We. I, I, I will say this with all the audacity in the world. I challenge anybody who runs a law enforcement conference to even compare your shit to mine. That's most, it. most of them don't have fucking pyrotechnics. We'll just say, uh, I just, just, <laughs> I, I fucking dare you to attempt dude. Even like, and I got to tell you, we're friends with a lot of the big three letter agencies and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they've been to ours and are like, Oh dude, yours is so much better than ours. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> like we make, we, we make it that way. Thank you, Teresa. That's very nice of you to say. I appreciate it. Teresa's a very nice name. You could probably find 3000 of them in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, dude, the you, can, you can find like the, all three of them that are in North Carolina are at the strip club. So <laughs> next <laughs> on stage, Teresa smoking Winston's. Winston Winstones. <laughs> uh listen, yeah. if you ever want comedy at, at one of your shows, you I we I'm in with all the uh cop comedians. Um Todd McComas, who was on Barstool Sports. Are you familiar with Todd? Gomez, he's got a great he's uh, he now works for I think Tenderfoot Media, but um he's got the investigator. He's a 30-year detective or something like that. I don't know, maybe 25 year detective. And then he went over to work for Barstool Sports, does full-time comedy. Um awesome. really cool guy, really funny. Vinny Montez, we know uh Vinny Montez and uh and, and uh, isn't Vinny like, Vinny's the guy on Rogan all the time, right? Um Vinny Montez has been on Rogan. He's been on like a lot of stuff. I mean, okay, I don't, yeah, I don't he's know. got like eleven million, I think, on YouTube, like on some That's of his great. stuff. 11 million followers? No, like views, like 11 million views on one of his, his things. Maybe I'm wrong. Wait, on that, so just so you know, the guy, you know, I'm talking about the, who's the other guy, the Vinny guy from who's always, always on Rogan. He's like the, oh yeah, yeah. Cocaine, right? Like, no, no, yeah, yeah. no. Vinny Montez is actually still an active cop. He's a cop comedian. So he's a little bit but cleaner. He's, he's a yeah, little but That guy lives right by me. That, like, so a few of these guys live right, right by me. <laughs> yeah, so my it. friend, my friend owns a pizzeria. He's like, he comes in here every week to order up like 15 of these fucking pies. There's oh, a, a Jersey cool. guy that owns a pizzeria somewhere. 
I counted. We were in, I lived. I worked in 26 square miles. I counted one day uh, at a boredom how many pizzerias were in the 26 square miles that I worked. We had 98 pizzerias. Joey Diaz is who you're thinking of. So Murphy right. 30 wants to know in the chats where does Dennis release his underwear ads for his modeling career? We've never figured out if Murph 530 is a dude or a girl. He's been in our live chats for like two years. No idea if this is a guy or a girl. It doesn't matter. You're, you're more than welcome to uh, find me attractive. That's fine. It happens for both sides of the coin, uh, men and women, uh, except men are much more bold in letting me know that they want to do things to me, specifically because I travel so much. Uh, flight attendants happen to shoot their shot with me almost every single trip. Really? Yeah. Oh, did I get murdered? I get crushed. I, I'm going mean, to tell like, you oh, right I now, I, I, look, I, I'm going to admit something to you. N not what you think, Eric. But I'm going to admit something to you. I'm telling you, it's the vibe you give off because I think I have the same thing. Like when you're a nice guy or you have the fucking soul, it, you know, look, I'm in the 60s or 70s or whatever you guys think. I'm actually only 38. Uh, but you give off the daddy vibes, the sugar daddy vibes. That's no, what listen. it is. When you go on your first class flight with your stupid fucking Samsonite duffel bag, they're like, I think you give off like, to, to me, you give off like, guidance counselor who everybody gets along with <laughs> but like yeah, still okay. drives a ford taurus right like Alex that's the B. kind of vibe i get no I'm, yeah, yeah not a you guys just gotta do what yeah. i do and get a stupid fucking haircut and act like an idiot all the time and no that's girl it, wants to come near you, you. you know what I mean? <laughs> nobody nobody wants to mess with me i own a distillery and everything else i never get hit on ever except from sarah kelch but sarah You're kelch disgusting. is like 25 she looks like 17 so i would never ever shoot my shot there because i don't want to be confused with a pedophile you know i always right any Chris guy that Hansen wants to get with yeah. sarah that's over 25 years old is a pedophile because you look like you're 12 you know what i'm saying <laughs> stay away from girls like sarah kelch that's Listen, not, that's not, you're not good for her though she's probably looking for a nice man should be so judgmental mm, uh you know I think she'll have beauty. no problems yeah no, any guy that wants to get with Sarah that's over 25 has got uh, ulterior motives. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's not fair uh, Sarah, though. He's got an agenda. Uh, we love Sarah. She's, uh, look, she's look, actually look, a mermaid. How come nobody is paying attention to what Stillamander says here? Drew gives off the knows exactly what to do with a woman, but won't ever tell you vibes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I, I, I could never tell you myself, but I, I could certainly read your comment. That's good. Uh, I'm not anybody's type, Sarah. Nobody wants, to, <laughs> except my wife. My wife's the only one that wants to be with me. Trust me. Uh, well, listen, uh, we really appreciate you being on uh, Dennis Benino. Boom. Hey. Yeah, let's go. Hey. Let's I got the go. Italian accordion playing in my head. Jim, right. <laughs> Man, you see that learning curve? I always start down here. But it's a rapid rise to the top. Don't That's let me tell you that. That, that is and... deceiving for your intelligence level. I got to tell you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate you coming out. We appreciate everything that you, you do for, for cops and uh, for first responders. Uh, you guys make sure you go over there and follow us. Uh, follow Dennis. Uh, last no president says, please have Dennis on again. He's a busy guy. You know what I mean? I have one Not fan. Like this is fantastic. One fan. No. Thank you. The last no president. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's filled. Trust me. Oh, all right, guys. Uh, until next time, guns up. Giddy up. Stick around.